Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Did he die? Die, 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 die. Did he die?
Thank you. 
Hey, you know. 
Next case, Mrs. Esther Feldman. Coming, Your Highness. What can this court do for you, Mrs. Feldman? I'll tell you what this court can do for me. Could give me a divorce for my Jaime. A divorce? How old are you, Mrs. Feldman? I should live and be well. Uh, but ten days after next Hanukkah, I'll be 84. Ken horror, Mrs. Feldman. Tell me, how long have you been married? 58 years. 58 years and you want a divorce? Why? Why? Enough is enough. <laughs> J.M. in the A.M., one of our great Adar segments here on a, uh, what is today? Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. There you go. It's Erev Shabbos Zohar, everybody. Hence the, uh, you may have heard the, uh, you may have heard the um, Zachar selections that we played earlier. Uh, the rabbi's son said, La Yehudim Haisa Ora, Shalshelis Jr. had Alanisim, La Yehudim from Ari Boyanju, Mordechai and David with both Curry Bone and Timcha Ezekher Amalek, Timcha done by David Gabe, Eitan Katz with the Breslov of Lachadodi off of the Live in Jerusalem volume number two, and of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Friday on this March 6th, day 10. 
In the month of Adar, the year 5780, Tavshin Pei, it's Erev Shabbos Parshas Tetzava, Erev Shabbos Zachar, candlelighting at 533 in New York, 533. Monday is Tanis Esther, a fast day. Tuesday is Purim. Wednesday is Shushan Purim. We're here, of course, with JM and the AM all through the week. And uh, we'll try to make your Purim as happy as possible. There are people in our community, many, unfortunately, as you know, who are under quarantine, who might be listening right now. Our sympathies with you, because I can only imagine, first of all, those who are ill, obviously we pray for Rafush Lema, uh, but those who are uh, holed up in your home for an extended period, um, again, we sympathize and uh, and uh, hope that uh, we can be a little bit uh, informative and entertaining to make things a little easier for you. Uh, but the list of uh, those who are quarantined continues to grow, and the list of those who are uh, afflicted by the coronavirus continues to grow. Uh, and uh, we pray for those who are uh, who are in that situation for a very, very speedy recovery. And it's going to be a strange Parsha Zachar or Shabbos Zachar for many, out of the ordinary. Uh, it's going to be a strange Purim for many, out of the ordinary. But uh, hopefully we'll look back, and those who are uh, in this situation will look back years from now as a, uh, you know, as a, as a Purim to remember, so to speak. And hopefully it'll just be a memory and everyone will uh, emerge from all this uh, as uh, strong and as healthy as possible. 40 degrees, 82% humidity, winds in northeast at 7 miles per hour. Rain today, a high of 48. Then tonight, showers early, a low 36. Tomorrow, partly cloudy and a high temperature, 48 degrees. Uh, Yerushalayim's at 45. We're at 40 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Uh, full schedule here on this Friday. We have uh, Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He's going to join us. We have Dr. Norman Blumenthal is going to join us, get his feeling about what's happening in our community regarding coronavirus. We'll speak with him coming up at about 7.15. Rabbi Yudin at 8.15 with Shabbos Zohar and Purim and Deparshas Tetzave. And uh, we'll wrap things up at 9 o'clock before we go to Naomi Nachman and then to Mark Zamek with the Arab Shabbos show as we get set for all of this. Don't forget that we changed the clock. Uh, the clock is changed. Saturday night, Sunday morning, 2 a.m. becomes 3 a.m. All right, keep that in mind. 2 a.m. becomes 3 a.m. And um, keep that in mind for... Uh, for this coming uh, Sunday morning, all right? And we go to Daylight Savings Time, and, uh, you know, we get to, uh, <laughs> we get to, I guess, uh, get a little bit more rest on Shabbos afternoon. <laughs> not today, of course, and not tomorrow, but uh, in reference to uh, to next week. All right, anyway, there you go. Uh, JM in the AM, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Shabbos Zucker, everybody. This is Yehuda Glanz at JM in the AM.
Every single thing we do for Shabbos earns us a great reward. So on Wednesday night, if you bake a delicious chocolate cake for Shabbos, just say the covered Shabbos Kodesh and then pop it in the oven. Yum! Let's get ready now, it's almost Shabbos. There is so much work for us to do. Shopping, cleaning, and loads of cooking. Shabbos Kodesh, how we welcome you. Estee loves to polish all the silver. She makes sure to do it all just right. When she's done, the candles sparkle brightly. That brings in a special Shabbos light. Get all dressed up In their suits they look so very smart After they add their ties and Shabbos cufflinks Nobody can tell the two apart Let's sing Shabbos Kodesh Let's sing Shabbos Kodesh Let's sing Shabbos Kodesh Shabbos, Shabbos Kodesh Dressed for Shabbos? I sure am. You'll never get me to work on Shabbos. Ellie Sheva loves to make fresh challahs. Her Bobby's recipe is just the best. She bakes them happily, lekavod Shabbos. Then she serves them to her Shabbos guests. We love Shabbos Kodesh. We love. Shabbos Kodesh, we love Shabbos Kodesh, Shabbos, Shabbos Kodesh. We love Shabbos Kodesh, we love Shabbos Kodesh, we love Shabbos Kodesh, Shabbos, Shabbos Kodesh. Let's sing Shabbos Kodesh. Shabbos Kodesh, let's sing. Shabbos Kodesh, Shabbos, Shabbos Kodesh.
شعر را سال خواه عماله درخ درخ سیس خمی مترایی یا بیانی اخر شعر ملکه خال خواه میکالای بخون میزویم آرد اشعر اشعر نویس این خواه نخلا میرشکا
בית הספר שם, ואי ואי, בשור מלך, בית הספר שם, כולנו יחד, תחת שבטי ישראל, אבני עם ישראל, פקוד אחת, יחד שבטי ישראל, עכשיו אחדות בים And that's um, uh, Yachad done by uh, Barry Weber here at JMM. Oh, we had a comedy segment I wanted to do. Hang on. Mrs. Bikowitz? Mrs. Bikowitz? Yeah, what is it, Mrs. Goldstein? Did you see what happened with Israel and Egypt? How could I? I can't see anything. I live in the back. <laughs> JM in the AM. Barry Weber had Yachad. You heard Mucho Timche from Avrami Flam. You heard Uncle Maishi with We Love Shabbos. You heard Glanz. With Timcha Ezecher Amalek here at JM in the AM. Shabbos Zachar, everybody, on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Titzaveh. Uh, Purim coming up Monday night. Tanis Esther, a fast day on Monday. All of our great weekend programming is on. Our thoughts with everybody who's quarantined. A lot of people in our community now are in that category. Hope we're providing a little bit of uh, information and uh, entertainment for you. And our thoughts with all those who are uh, testing, who have tested positive for coronavirus. Praying for your very, very speedy and full recovery. And everyone else, and of course those affected, make sure to uh, continue all the measures that one should continue to uh, take. Washing hands, careful about interaction with other people, etc., uh, and hopefully this will um, this will be history very soon, please God. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSingle.com, on the NahumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H, Abels and Hyman, 
Kosher hot dog sausages in Delhi is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide. Check it out today. Try A&H today, and you'll be glad you did. Make sure you put plenty in your uh, in your shopping cart. Your family will be very, very happy. Hey, don't forget that uh, Rabbi Pesach Krohn is out with a brand new book. In fact, it is here in our studio now at the Magid's Seder. Stories and Insights of Grandeur and Redemption, right? Pesach Kron, with a full Haggadah with English translation and all these amazing stories uh, at the Magid's Seder. Check it out. Go to artscroll.com, artscroll.com. Use promo code radio to save 15%. Go to artscroll.com. Use promo code radio to save 15%. Good idea, huh? Oh, yeah. Galitz on the background, yeah, Chogim Purim. Chogim Purim Bajam in the AM as well. Well, that's funny. A promo for uh, Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> special Purim special at Galitz very cool. Candle lighting in New York at 5.33 on this era of Shabbos. Galitz on the background. To our news from Israel coming up. Galitzal Israel Army Radio 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday is next. We say Boker Tov from Jamnam. Galitzal Asha Stein. Shalom Rav Khan El Azar Ben Lulu in Mashakore Akshav. A tragedia behoda Sharon. Bevetaholim Bellinson. Befetah Tikva. Mamshik Liot Kashe. Matsavashela Isha. Shinid Kera. Haboker Alidei Baala. Lifne Kesha. Hiats Amehadara Nituhim. Vehovra. Letipul Nimrat Klini. מצבה של ביתה שנדקרה אף היא על ידי הבעל, מוגדר קשה אך יציב, והיא מאושפזת בטיפול נמרץ. בשעה זו מתקיים דיון בהערכת מעצרו של האב החשוד בפציעתן של השתיים, וברצח הבת הנוספת, פעוטה בת עשרה חודשים. שגיא דרור, קרובת משפחה, סיפרה, אנחנו בהלם מוחלט, לא היו כל סימנים מקדימים. ידיעה שריכזו כתבנו מאיר מרציאנו, הדס שטייף ועמית חדד. שני מטיילים נקלעו לשיטפון בנחל דרגה. יחידות החילוץ המשטרתיות במדבר יהודה פועלות במקום לאתר את השניים. צוותי חיפוש סורקים את ערוצי הנחל בניסיון לאתרם לאחר שהחיפושים בנחל קדם הסתיימו בלי תוצאות. כתבנו בדרום רמי שני מוסר שמסוק הוזעק לסייע בפעולות החילוץ. הולכת רגל כבת שמונה נפגעה באורח בינוני בתאונת דרכים בקריית עתה. ציפתי מגן דוד אדום שהגיעו למקום פינו אותה לבית החולים רמב״ם בעיר כשהיא סובלת מפציעות בגפיים התחתונות. בתאונת דרכים נוספת ביוקנעם עילית שתי פצועות באורח בינוני בעקבות התהפכות ג'יפ שהידרדר לוואדי. גם הן פונו לבית החולים רמב״ם עם חבלות בגפיים. ידיעה שהעביר כתבנו בחיפה קובי מנדל. ועדת הבחירות המרכזית דוחה את טענות הליכוד על הטיית תוצאות הבחירות ממניעים פוליטיים. בהודעת הוועדה נכתב כי 90% מגיליונות הספירה של הקלפיות הועברו לליכוד וכי היתר יועברו במוצאי השבת. עוד נכתב כי ועדת הבחירות דוחה את ניסיונות הליכוד להטיל דופי בעבודתה. כתבנו לענייני משפט יובל הראל מזכיר כי מוקדם יותר היום הודיע הליכוד כי תעתור לבג"ץ בטענה שהוועדה מעכבת במכוון את העברת הפרוטוקולים. הניסיונות להרכבת ממשלה, חבר הכנסת מנסור עבאס, יושב ראש רע"מ ומראשי הרשימה המשותפת, מבהיר כי הרשימה המשותפת מתנהלת כסיעה אחת. לדבריו, 
רע"מ לא תפעל באופן עצמאי בסוגיות כמו הרכבת ממשלה או הצעת החוק שתמנע מנתניהו לכהן בתור ראש ממשלה. חבר הכנסת עבאס אמר כי מדובר בשמועות חסרות בסיס, לפיהן גורמים בליכוד מנהלים משא ומתן מול רע"מ בנפרד. נמשיך להתנהל כסיעה מגובשת שקיבלה את אמון הציבור הערבי. כך עבאס מדבריו הביא כתבנו דורון קדוש. בעלת הקורונה, ידיעה כוזבת לפיה מוסדות הלימודים ייסגרו לאלתר מופצת בשעות האחרונות ברשתות החברתיות. שר החינוך רפי פרץ הבהיר כי ההודעה מזויפת, אין שחר לדברים ולמשרד החינוך אין כל קשר אליה. הודעות רשמיות על מערכת החינוך יוצאות באופן רשמי מטעם השר או המשרד וכלי התקשורת. תחזית מזג האוויר, היום תחול ירידה בטמפרטורות וצפוי גשם מלווה סופות רעמים. קיים חשש קל משיטפונות בנחלי הדרום והמזרח. מחר, ללא שינוי ניכר. אלה החדשות.
Jesse Greening Company with that version of Ain Kolokainu. Avrami Flam before that, Venahapohu, No Dola Shimcha done by Lipa to open up the hour. Quarter after 7 o'clock in the morning, it's JM in the AM. Some people are asking me about Yeshiva University basketball. So, uh, first of all, great Wall Street Journal article this morning, and I thank them for uh, quoting me. It's uh, an honor to be considered a super fan of the YU Max that I think every member of this audience knows <laughs> how much pride I take in that. Uh, nothing to add regarding the story that's uh, pretty well known already about the yeshiva being uh, uh, being told they can't check into their hotel down in Baltimore and they have to switch hotels. I think everything's been said. And by the way, Coach Elliot Steinmetz, who's made public statements about that episode, handled it brilliantly, in my opinion. I just texted him that. So I heard one of the interviews he did yesterday. Handled it brilliantly. And then the final piece, something we learned overnight that I think a lot of people learned overnight, that no fans are being allowed into Johns Hopkins. No fans are being allowed into the arena for today's games, the Yeshiva game and then the second game, and then, of course, for tomorrow's game, um, with the excuse or with the reason that uh, you know it's a, it's a large gathering and there have been cases in Baltimore already of coronavirus, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I'm, I'm not going to comment on it because I'm worried about what I might say. 
But I do feel bad for the hundreds of people, both from Baltimore and from New York and from a lot of other places that are converging on that arena today. Something I would do if I was able to. I just got to be in New York for Shabbos. Um, I I feel bad if those fans are not going to be able to go in and be witness to what hopefully will be a yeshiva victory. Well, uh, the world is um, is reacting in general to coronavirus. Uh, some call it uh, panic. Others call it reasonable reaction. Let's find out what our good friend Dr. Norman Blumenthal has to say. Dr. Blumenthal, of course, is associated with a million great organizations and efforts, but in this case he was uh, referred to us by our wonderful friends at OHEL. He is the... Um, uh, Zachter Family Chair in Trauma and Crisis Counseling at OHEL. He's director of the OHEL Miriam Center for Trauma, Bereavement, and Crisis Response, and he's with us live via telephone on this Friday era of Shabbos. Dr. Blumenthal, always a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you, and thank you for your very vocal support for the Max. Yeah. <laughs> while you graduate. <laughs> yeah, vocal support is an understatement. I'm all in, to say the least. Um, all right, Dr. Blumenthal. I don't know how else to ask this question. It's really the question that's been on everyone's mind since all of this started. Uh, If your role is to calm people down in light of the coronavirus situation, is it possible to accomplish that goal when the media is, is treating coronavirus the way they are? Well, I think we have to learn, that's a broader question, I think we have to learn how to use the media, and let's include the Internet and social media in this, instead of letting it control us. Uh, that's a broader question, which we have to do it ourselves and train our children uh, to, first of all, make sure that we are accessing responsible sites, because anybody can post anything, so to make sure that our information is coming from reliable sources, and to recognize that the, because of the repeated uh, focus, on, and if we focus on the most negative aspects, that it can create a disproportionate panic reaction. Um, and again, that I think touches even on the broader question that we have to learn how to use this medium, which can be a wonderful medium, a useful medium, in a very responsible way. I got to ask you a favor to do me a favor, pick up your phone. We're having trouble hearing your response to the speaker. Dr. Norman Blumenthal is with us. Well, if, if, if this is an interesting situation. Because very often you are called in and your team is called in to deal with trauma that specifically uh, has to do with children or younger people and telling parents and others, principals, teachers, etc., how to deal with it. I think in this case it's a little different because even the adults are the target of this panic. You understand what I'm saying? Sure. Sure. Well, it's a basic principle, even if we want to impart a reasonable response on our children. Another big uh, part of this also is how do we teach children proper hygiene? I don't have to tell you, especially very young children are always sticking fingers in various parts of their faces and orifices, and how do we train them to be more responsible and, and better hygienic practices? But the first thing we've got to do is make sure we're calm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never fool children. And if we attempt to impart lessons of uh, responsibility while we're panicky. Even if we say everything right, our children will read our panic and won't hear us. So it sounds like the, appro- the, it sounds like the approach has to be, both for adults and children, uh, that we, we, my family, are doing everything we can 
to uh, to stem the tide of this, to make sure that, you know, please, God, we don't become, you know, we don't test positive for it. And that's washing of the hands and keeping a distance and knowing how to and how not to greet somebody. And by the way, this Shabbos is a great example. We'll really be able to show our children, you know, how to interact with people without directly interacting with them, if you know what I mean. Uh, and, right. and, and once you give that confidence to both the older people in the family and the young people in the family that we are doing everything we possibly can, I guess when you when you have that in your arsenal, so to speak, it's much easier to, to get through the day. Sure, absolutely. You know, it's a tricky thing with anxiety. You can have too much or too little. Um, right. If you have too little, then you're not cautious. If you have too much, then you're panicky, and paradoxically, you can do yourself more harm. So we have to strike that happy medium with ourselves and then impart that to our children. Now, you've been doing conference calls and stuff like that, right? A lot of them, yes. Are you sensing any less worry than at the very beginning of this a few days ago? Like, Can you see or feel that there's an adjustment that the community's making that they weren't ready to make in the first 24 hours? Oh, most absolutely. And I think but that comes with more information with an understanding. Every one of the webinars that I've done, have, I've been accompanied by different but uh, primary figures in infectious disease and, and community health, and they're educating us, and we're, we're an easily educatable community. We're, right. we're the people of the book, <laughs> and I do think there's, uh, you know, I think there's still a lot of anxiety and concern out there. I don't think we've quite gotten a handle on it, but I think we're on our way. Dr. Norman Blumenthal is with us. So any, if information is, in fact, you know, the key then those who are frustrated by the multiple emails from uh, Yeshiva University, for instance, or the multiple press conferences by the governor of the state of New York, you would say just the opposite. You know, Keep them coming because the more updated we are, the more confident we are that we can get through this. I think so, but also it has to be done with a, a proper tone and uh, the proper volume of response. In other words, when we're scared, we're responding not only to the words, we're responding to, to responsible leaders' voice, tone, and manner as well. Right. So from everything I understand from the physicians, unless you have a pre-existing uh, a respiratory condition or a compromised immune system, maybe the elderly, uh, this is a, much like the flu, which is very unpleasant and is debilitating, but we, the vast majority of people are healing from it. So it's, we don't have to have a catastrophic response. We have to have a concern and vigilance and listen to the medical experts, but it should be commensurate with the level of threat that actually exists. All right, two more things. Dr. Norman Blumenthal is with us. Uh, you know that there are certain people listening right now in this audience who are quarantined, and that, that's for sure. And, um, and it, it, it must be a horrifying experience obviously those who've tested positive it has its own horror we know that uh, you know people are concerned that god forbid they tested positive that their body can handle it and recover from this and we pray for their full recovery but those who have not yet you know been tested or have not tested positive they they, they still nonetheless are being cooped up in a really you know in a difficult situation no matter how large one's house may be uh, has anybody consulted with you about how not to go stir-crazy in a situation like this when it could be a period of weeks that one has to be isolated? Yes, I have been in touch with people who have been isolated. 
Um, and you're exactly right. You know, you can get cabin fever yeah. uh, from staying home. But I guess the blessing of today's times are we have very easy remote access to different places. Uh, and many schools now have in place, even those schools which have not been quarantined, have remote access uh, teaching in place. And YU has had for those uh, shiurim that uh, had to be canceled our, our learning via remote access. So we're not as isolated as we would have been prior to the time that we had such technology. Yeah. But it does take, it takes an effort to keep yourself busy, to keep yourself stimulated, and keep yourself in touch with the outside world without seeing them face-to-face. So you don't feel so isolated and you don't feel so understimulated. You know, it's funny, uh, just like certain episodes in history, even recent history, have changed the way we deal with certain things. I can think of a couple of examples. This coronavirus may actually change uh, the methods of education. We may not have any snow days anymore. There may just be there may just be an email from the school saying, "Guess what? Here's how classes are being conducted today. Everybody, get your iPads out and you know and, and have a normal day at school." And 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 we look back on it. It could be this episode that has really prepared everybody right. for that eventuality. I think it's also going to change some of our hygienic practices, right. even after this passes. But I think we're going to be much more. I saw a study. I don't know how accurate it was, but I saw a study that said that um, adults. In, the, in an hour, touch their face 23 times, and 44% of those touches are in areas of mucus. And if adults do it 23 times and 44%, then children must touch their faces uh, 46 times and 104% of the time. Wow. So uh, I think we're going to learn and graduate from this also and maybe have more, have better hygienic practices. All right, last thing, Dr. Blumenthal, and I don't think this is beyond your, uh, your area of expertise, <laughs> although you may argue with me. Um, it's Shabbos Zohar. It is a Shabbos that traditionally a lot of people get together. Sometimes people who are never in synagogue will make sure to be in synagogue this Shabbos. In addition, we have the holiday of Purim coming up Monday night. Also one of those occasions where people love to be together. And we know the spirit of Purim in general is interaction one with another. It's part of the mitzvah of the day, frankly. Um, there are people who might find themselves in a, and I'm not using this word professionally, you know how I'm using it, who might find themselves getting depressed that they're not able to be in shul this Shabbos, that they won't be at a public Megillah reading on Monday night, or in general, even those who aren't quarantined may just feel it's just it's just not the same Purim that it usually is. What words can you tell us that might give us a little bit more of a positive perspective on this? Well, again, I'm, I'm, I am out of my turf a little bit, but I've been <laughs> on enough webinars with, with Rabbanim and medical experts, certainly the, all the Gadolim are saying that if you at all uh, are, are advised by physicians to remain quarantined or to remain apart, then, don't, then that, you have no mitzvah to go to shul, and you can hear the Megillah via the telephone or Skype, uh, etc. In Pasha Zacha, you can hear many other times during the year, and you'll say that mitzvah. Right, but I'm not, even, um, I'm not, but, talk, I'm not talking halachically. I'm saying that yeah, right. the mood, I, I, I could see the mood of the community on Tuesday just being a little bit more down than a regular Purim. It's in the nature of us as a people that we don't let our moods govern us or dictate us, that we dictate our moods. You might be in a very jovial mood, a jovial mood on the ninth day of Av, but we're obligated to feel sad. Right. Uh, whatever is going on, we rise above uh, the particular circumstances uh, because of our uh, adherence to mitzvahs. And uh, let, uh, let the situation or the time <laughs> dictate our mood rather 
well, I mean, the time and the calendar, right. uh, rather than the circumstance and the news. And I think we've done it in the past, and I think we'll do it now. It may be more muted, and it, it may be a sense, there may be less of uh, overt uh, touching and maybe even uh, you know, vociferous celebration in the close proximity to other people. I'm sure we'll rise to the occasion. And recognize the miracle of Purim and experience the joy as best we can. Oh, by the way, Dr. Blumenthal, could you could you hop on my bandwagon and tell everybody in our community that it is in poor taste to dress up in anything that refers to this virus? Whether people think they're gonna they're gonna be smart with masks and with hazmat costumes, etc. That that would that would not be a good idea. And, and it would and actually to the world, I think it would look you know very distasteful. I think in general, uh, you know, humor is wonderful. In fact, there's even a body of research that says that humor is important for recovering from trauma and bereavement. But humor at the expense of someone else is never funny. And since this is causing hardship for many people within our community and outside of our community, I agree with you that it's not something that should be treated in a jocular manner. There's enough uh, more innocent types of costumes or affectations that we can have that will demonstrate our joy that I don't think we have to do that. 100%. Well, you're always great, Dr. Blumenthal. Thanks for all your work. Great I know it's been, be on. been a busy okay. been a busy week for you. You and I and the millions of people out there in our community pray for okay. the full and speedy recovery of everybody who is afflicted right. let's, with this. Let, let's celebrate that, yes. 100%. Thanks okay. so much. Have a wonderful Shabbos and a Freilich and Purim. Dr. Norman Blumenthal, he is the Zachter Family Chair in Trauma and Crisis Counseling at OHEL, Director of the OHEL Miriam Center for Trauma, Bereavement, and crisis response, and as I said, affiliated with a, 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 a tremendous number of great organizations and important uh, parts of our community. JM and the AM, more coming up on a Friday era of Shabbos as we continue. 5.33, your candle lighting in New York. It's not going to be like that for a while. That's right. You know why? Because um, next week, candle lighting is going to be about 6.40-something. We uh, change the clock tomorrow night. Daylight savings time begins. 2 a.m. becomes 3 a.m. Make sure to be tuned in. Um, Make sure to be tuned in. Make sure to change your clock so that you're tuned in to the the right time. Uh, uh, This coming Saturday night, Sunday morning. Make sure to take care of that. Again, daylight savings time begins this coming Sunday morning. Tanis Esther, the fast day is Monday. Purim is Tuesday. Wednesday is Shushan Purim. We'll be here with you all through the entire great holiday right here at JM in the AM.
אנחנו מספיקים לחודש לחוק. השם אלוקינו ואלוקי אבותינו, אין אנחנו מספיקים לחודש לחוק. השם אלוקינו ואלוקי אבותינו,
This court will please come to order. Mr. Rabinowitz, you are the foreman of the jury. Have you reached a verdict? Judge, Your Honor, we have been listening to the facts in this case for six weeks, and it has been a wonderful experience for us all. We, the jury, would like to thank you for the way you have conducted this case. Thank you, Mr. Rubinowitz. But the verdict, please. Certainly, Your Honor. We, the jury, Mr. Cohen, Mr. Fine, Mr. Landsberg, the lovely Mrs. Berkowitz. Thank you, Mr. Rubinowitz. You're welcome. Mr. Rubinowitz, the verdict. Coming, Your Honor. Mr. Goldberg, Mr. Katz. Mr. Stein, Mrs. Cantor, Mr. I'm not lovely. The lovely Mrs. Cantor. Lovely. Mr. Rabinowitz. Mr. Finkelstein, Mr. Bloom, and Mr. Pinkus the Furrier. <laughs> Your Honor, the 12 of us have spent the past four days in the jury room debating this case. And we examined the evidence pro and con and backwards and forwards to decide in the American way, did he or didn't he do it? <laughs> Mr. Rabinowitz, the verdict, and now. Immediately, Your Honor. <laughs> we, the jury, after careful deliberation on this case, have decided we shouldn't make spin. <laughs> Oh, yes, The Jury, one of our great comedy segments here at JMM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Remember, we're heading to the Hudson Valley Resort up in the Catskills for Pesach, if you would like to join us, destinations613.com, destinations613.com, Hudson Valley Resort, Catskill region, destinations613.com. Candlelighting at 533. It's Shabbos Zohar, everybody. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Good luck to the Yeshiva University Maccabees. It seems like no fans are being allowed in the arena today in Johns Hopkins, which is unbelievable. I will reserve comments, frankly. I mean, it's like that for tonight, for today, tonight, and, and Saturday night. Uh, supposedly no fans in the arena um, because of coronavirus being found in Maryland. <clears throat> anyway, um, good luck to the Max and Coach Elliott Diamonds and the entire team. Looking forward to a great game today at 1 o'clock. Um, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by A&H, Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausages in Delhi. They're the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Oh, I wanted to remind everybody that uh, right, Pesach Kron is scheduled for this Thursday. Right, Pesach Kron is scheduled for this Thursday here at JM and the AM. The book is out. The book is called uh, At the Magid Seder. At the Magid Seder, and uh, it has a full Haggadah in it, English translation, etc. It's available right now from Artscroll. If you go to artscroll.com, go to artscroll.com. Uh, if you purchase uh, at the Magid Seder, use promo code Radio. Enjoy a fifteen percent discount. Always use promo code Radio at the uh, website uh, artscroll.com. Always use it. But I'm telling you, for this one, make sure to use it. Again, promo code radio uh, at artscroll.com, 15% off of At the Magid Seder, brand new.
from Rabbi Pesach Krohn. Malcolm Honeline next. Plenty more coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM. This is Live in Jerusalem, Volume 2, with Eitan Katz at JM in the AM. Live in Jerusalem, Volume 2, with Eitan Katz. That's Anim Zmiro's Friday morning air of Shabbos, candle lighting in New York, 533. Thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. If you want to print out the hundreds of articles before Shabbos about Israel and the Jewish world, go to JewishWorldReview.com. That's JewishWorldReview.com. And, uh, and enjoy. They've got, uh, they've got everything you can imagine there and uh, plenty of uh, material to read. As you um, uh, get set for a Shabbos Zachar. Our thoughts and prayers, of course, with everybody in our community and outside our community who have tested positive and are now with this coronavirus. We are hoping that everybody has a speedy and full recovery, of course. Uh, We also ask the community worldwide, one of the few issues we discuss here that literally is for our international Jewish community, if you know people who are being quarantined, uh, do what you can to, um, to be in touch with them, get them what they need. 
and keep them in mind as uh, uh, this is a very difficult time. It's always a difficult time of year to be in a situation like that, but especially with Shabbos Zachar and Purim, days that generally the community uh, gathers and is together. It's an even more important time to remember everybody in our community who are going through difficult situations. Monday is Tanis Esther's, Tuesday is Purim, Wednesday is Shushan Purim. We are here, of course, all through that entire uh, period of time with appropriate music and uh, great programming. Make sure to tune in. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us Fridays at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Uh, good morning to you, Mr. Siegel. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, I appreciate that. Um, well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like an ever-changing story. Uh, it seems to a degree the coronavirus situation in Israel is worse than here, just in terms of number of people that are being quarantined. And the travel thing is a is really difficult because so much travel has been suspended. Uh, I guess the only thing to say at this point is that the Israeli government, like other governments around the world, are handling this the best way possible, right? There's n- n- Probably the only way possible. Right. I mean, countries don't have much option until there's a, some sort of a vaccine in there. As you know, Israeli companies and American companies are racing to try and develop one, but it takes time. It's not something you can just um, turn on the computer and come up with a solution. Uh, it is, uh, I think that... It is justified to have an overabundance of caution, as the the term du jour uh, indicates, that they, Israel has um, quarantined people, mostly voluntary quarantine, who traveled abroad, who were at different conferences, uh, one that I was supposed to speak at, unfortunately didn't, but the, the wow. um, you know that they've closed... Are going to close the main terminal and use the the old terminal. Wow! That, that all the flights from Europe have been stopped virtually. Uh, that's an Israel's choice. Um, that the the uh, many of the high tech companies are closed right now because you know they get their parts and stuff from China or from other Asian countries. The um, there are shortages of certain things developing here and there. That's interesting, like Purell and. People see it, you know, when and people hoard unnecessarily. It's a mistake uh, because there's no, there doesn't be any indication that that's going to be a, an immediate problem. But the, you know, the, the, it's concentric circles of people who may have, there may be one person at the center, and then this, his immediate family or contacts. And then all of those who had contact with them, and then the circle of all of those who had contact with the people they had contact with, or were in the presence of somebody at an event where you could have had 500 people, 1,000 people, 10,000 people in a stadium or in a big school. So uh, a number of schools are closing for a few days to clean, right. and I think that that's a, a wise step to, to make sure that, and, and we should make sure every yeshiva, every synagogue, really does a, a good job at disinfecting the premises because you, you never know somebody who had some tangential contact, m- maybe not even knowing it, in a, let's say in an airplane or a bus or something. So people should just be, be very careful, especially about the elderly or people who somehow their health is compromised. For most people, it's not a, a threat. It, it, the death rate, I think, is less than the overall flu, the general flus that we have every year, 
This is an annual occurrence. This one just seems to be more virulent. But the... um, you know, there's a reaction to it as if this is the black plague or the bubonic plague, and so far it is not that. Uh, and the travel industry, which is such a uh, such a key, obviously, and, uh, you know, I mean, there are people now in Israel who, who need to get back to the United States at some point, some for weddings and some for yuntif, et cetera. And I know there are a million other problems that are that are out there as well. Uh, but people have to realize that that all of this could come to a halt at some point um, if, if they've taken both Israel, the U.S., and other countries have taken the measures they've taken so far. Mm-hmm. Let's not fool ourselves. This could be, uh, you know, all these restrictions could be coming uh, in a much stronger fashion. Also, uh, look, uh, you've always been <laughs> obviously a proponent, as all of us are, of uh, of checking, as you just said, checking on the elderly and others. We have people in our communities that are now quarantined. So, you know, and, and that could be a really boring experience and a very tense experience. So whatever we could do to reach out to them, especially this time of year when people are used to Shabbat Zohar and Purim being, you know, public gatherings that are usually fun and, uh, you know, upbeat, etc. So we should keep everybody in mind that uh, if you know that there are people or communities at this point that are essentially indoors for the duration, uh, do what we can to be in touch with them and to make things as easy for them as possible. Could be a big boost for Dafyomi. Yeah, <laughs> you can say that again. <laughs> and and people can go online and uh, do a lot of all the things that they wanted to study or learn or or read. Now's the opportunity to do it. I would say I would. You'd probably agree with me on this. For those of us who've always considered finishing our book that we're writing, this would be a good time. Malcolm is not going to last that long. Malcolm, if, but, you, if you were secluded for a couple of weeks, you might actually pick it up and finish that project. I mean, right? I can think of things to so a good long period of time right now, but the, it, it, it's not a joke for those who, yes, who are there true. and the schools that have to close and the dislocation, the, the businesses, and you have to think of the longer term because till the production lines are back up even when this is over yeah. and until they're able to supply it, it will be months before we get back and, and you see what the cost is in the stock market yeah. and to I, I mean I speak to business people who are telling me tales of horror for what it means for them unbelievable all right day to day take it one day at a time everybody I mean, people are asking me, you know, advice about stuff that's happening two, three weeks from now. I'm saying, we have no idea what the situation is going to be two or three weeks from now. One day at a time, stop thinking about hypotheticals and stop worrying about stuff you can't control at this point. I think it's a good piece of advice. All right, um, go to the Israeli elections. So he ends the night, the Prime Minister of Israel, uh, with with, with um, exit polls indicating that he's likely either at 59 or 60 seats as a right-wing bloc, not the Likud party, you understand what I'm saying? And uh, and then eventually, of course, as the days go by, now he's at 58 seats. So the likelihood that it, it looked really likely he'd be able to form a government of this right-wing bloc uh, earlier in the week, and now it does not seem as likely. We'll talk about the law in terms of you know what Lieberman did with this uh, law blocking him from forming a government in a minute. But just on the sheer numbers, can the prime minister form a government? Right now, no, and uh, there are even those who speculate that the opposition party, the Blue and White, would have a better chance because they have the backing of the Arab bloc. Even though they wouldn't join the government, they would vote to, they would indicate that they would support that against Netanyahu. So if he has 58 uh, right now, that means there are 62 he does not have. 
Right. And, you know, they, there are going to be a, a series of legislative maneuvers in the Knesset, uh, spurred by Lieberman and Blue and White and others, that would, one, restrict a prime minister to two terms, which he's already surpassed, and that these would be retroactive, meaning that it would apply to Netanyahu as well, right. uh, and one that under indictment a prime minister cannot be elected or can't serve. And there are other initiatives, I understand, that, that will be put forward. And they could pass. I mean, you could have enough votes. Now, I don't know. Sorry if the um, courts will support it and how they will, you know, um, address it, whether you can have retroactive bills and whether you can have, uh, is it the power to Knesset to legislate these things? But the, the clearly there will be challenges before they come to the conclusion. The, pro, the president has to make a decision. There's a set time frame of, uh, to if so he will start interviewing the parties and see who has the best shot uh, he may be reluctant to give it to Netanyahu because of the indictment um, but I'm not sure that he has that complete discretion himself to, to be able to make the decision so one second it's possible that when the president of Israel turns to his first group or his first candidate to form a government it could be Gantz yes wow and, and he has done, in the past, they've turned to minority uh, governments because it depends on the uh, winners, because it depends on who has the best shot of putting together the 61 votes. And right now, Netanyahu would need three defections, at least, from blue and white, or many people are speculating the Labor Party under Amir Peretz, that they would come into um, the Likud coalition and, um, of course, get their pound of flesh in the terms of, uh, you know, maybe a defense ministry, other ministries that uh, they would probably demand for for the move. So yes, it could be that the president would turn first to to if enough parties indicate to him. And now, especially Lieberman with his seven seats, um, indicates that he would support uh, a blue and white led government rather than a Likud-led government. Boy, has anybody told Bibi this? <laughs> because if you watched him Monday night, boy, he thought this was his greatest victory of all of them. And by the way, didn't he have 60 seats in in, in the right-wing block the first of these three elections? And still, uh, and still uh, well, he, he did better now than he did in terms of the total vote, and I think he's right to declare a personal victory in that people, until recently they had him way below uh, or significantly below, meaning a couple seats, which is significant, and the difference between um, we could and blue and white now is still significant, but not when you look at the totality of the vote and you look at the Arab bloc in particular, which is, I think, 16 seats, and they got about 20,000 Jewish votes, which is enough for at least one seat, uh, and maybe much more. We don't know yet the complete analysis of this. Um, it's a, it was a protest vote, I think, on the part of some of the Jewish community. Uh, and um, so th- th- there are so many moving parts right now that could fluctuate. And then you have the problem of, of could the, we could put up somebody different and who could lead the party and put together a coalition. Right. Um, that we're, we're, back, we're, we're back to that story now. Exactly. About right. replacing the time. What do you think of the voter turnout? Was it 72%? Yeah, it was very, it was remarkable. And that is what a democracy should have. And I hope that 
Americans will take note, especially American Jews, and will go out and vote not just in the WCO elections, but in the <laughs> U.S. elections. And, and you know, those who aren't registered, register now. You still have time. And um, whether you register, whatever party you register in, although in New York State, registering Democratic makes more sense because most of the races are really the Democratic primaries. Right. Um, not exclusively, but... Someone, often. someone who's been, someone who has been eligible to vote in this country for ten years says to me yesterday, "I just voted in the WZO election. It's the first time I ever voted for anything in my life." I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> you know, like, give me a break, you know, get get a little bit more involved and understand the power that you have by having the right to vote." Uh, oh, and someone was here visiting us who's originally from Australia. He said, "It's a, there's a law. You get fined if you don't vote." Which I thought was interesting. It, it, yeah, yeah, not in the WCO, but in the general yeah, election. Yeah, I meant right. in the general election. <laughs> 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 but, but the, um, uh, the, the in, in many countries, there are penalties, and people are really required to vote unless they have a medical or other excuse. Right. And this is a good time to remind everybody, and you always say this, but, you know, it's 2020, and there's a big election coming up. Uh, toward the end of this year, register to vote. If you haven't registered to vote, use the opportunity now to register to vote and convince those in your family who are 18 years or over. And I'm, again, I'm talking about the real general election in this country now, not anything else. Register to vote um, and convince others to do so. For our community especially, it's extremely important. Uh, that and it's w- important for the primaries. Right. People should register now because we have critical primaries, whether it's city council, state legislative races, where uh, the community has a vital interest in who occupies those seats can make a big difference, sometimes bigger than you know, a member of Congress individually can, can make a difference, and that the, the stakes are, are really high when, when hundreds of thousands of people in our community are not registered and don't turn out to vote even if they are. And, and they should be reassured they're not going to get drafted, they're not going to get um, parking tickets, they're not going to be called for jury duty anymore. Right. Right. than if they pay a telephone bill or an electric bill or have a car registered or anything else, they're in the same pool. It does not anymore influence that. All right, it's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Since Malcolm mentioned it, remember, everybody, slate number four. If you are going to vote in the WZO election, Slate number four, go to voteoic.org, voteoic.org. All right, I got to revisit this, Malcolm. I know you've already commented on it, but, I mean, this is what he did, He meaning Lieberman. He's promoting two laws. The first would limit the tenure of the prime minister to two terms, as you mentioned, and the second would prevent an MK, a member of Knesset, under indictment from being charged with forming a government. Now, I, I mean, I, 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 maybe because I'm used to the way things work in the U.S., I would imagine that here, I think I'm right, uh, most middle-of-the-road judges, whether they're BB fans or not, would really toss these out at this point simply on the timing because, you know, it's obvious the po- the, the political um, uh, mission that Lieberman's on in order to, you know, and, and, and the reason he's gone ahead and, and, uh, and proposed these bills and has gotten the 62 MKs to agree to vote for them. I mean, it's just, it's obvious, right? Right. Wouldn't they, wouldn't the judges in Israel just put an end to this now? And say between the timing and the you know and the absurdity of making this or making one of them a retroactive law, it just makes no sense. 
it's it's a good question, but you know, if it's legal, then it's legal to do it. I mean, there's no they, the judges can't uh, can can rule on it and can try to inhibit it, but they have to make a case, and the lawyers will have a chance, and everybody else will have a chance to put forward their theories. It's a democratic process. So we have three possibilities: either BB forms a government, Gans forms a government. Or there's going to be some replacement for Bibi who's going to be uh, uh, in charge of forming a government and he'll have a more likely shot of doing it than Bibi would. Those are basically the three possibilities right now. And the fourth possibility is that they go to elections, which I think is unlikely because the, the Israeli public just doesn't won't tolerate it and uh, really fed up with uh, the fact that you had had three elections in less than a year. I mean, we believe in democracy and and voting, but the, you can become addicted to voting. I guess <laughs> they, they are. So the and these campaigns, which are very costly, and Israel needs a solid government with you know with a surety, so that they can let's say in the military make long term purchases, or you know every ministry needs needs time in order to plan ahead. So when you're dealing with the virus, which they've dealt very successfully with, and um, uh, but but you know it needs some people there who will have long-term uh, opportunities to address these issues, and there's always this level of uncertainty about, um, you know, about what the next step, who will be in the positions of authority. Uh, so it makes it very difficult. So I don't think a third election, a fourth election is likely. <laughs> it's not impossible. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll come to some sort of a sound arrangement. I know there are a lot of discussions going on within various factions about who uh, uh, forming some sort of unity government. Yeah, and and, and now uh, in the Yaakov Katz article this morning, he's actually talking about coronavirus being the, the element that might bring the two of them together. Uh, I mean, that, that makes sense to an extent because, you know, national emergencies do have a habit of of creating a little bit of unity, but is that nearly as likely a unity government as as much as one of the two of them actually forming a government? I do think that it's, it is um, it has a higher degree of likelihood. Right wow, now. interesting. Because it, the, the stalemate is is very difficult. The reliance on the Arab parties will be um, not palatable to many people. And especially because you have such radical elements within those parties, so to and and to have a government of fifty nine or sixty one, which will be then subject to the pressure of individual members, that threatening all the time that if they don't get their way, that they will bolt uh, and then deny the prime minister, the incumbent prime minister, any uh, successful legislative effort. So those are not great alternatives. Instead of the president um, you know, giving the assignment to one of them to form a government, could he make that his first priority, get together and, and try to form a unity government? Sure. He could do that. Sure, sure. You know what else I found interesting, by the way? Uh, growing up and then eventually becoming an adult, it always seemed that Lily could in the right-wing block as time went on overnight, then the next day, etc., always increase the mandates. You know, they always talked about the army vote being a factor in that, etc., when it was eventually counted. And this, right. time, this time, the exact opposite happened. He was he was fifty nine sixty, depending on which exit poll you you believed, and depending on you know which results you were looking at, actual official results. And then he ended up at fifty eight. I thought that was funny. That usually it happens just in the reverse. It usually does, but um, so you have various elements that that come into play. One, um, 
Lieberman seemed to gain strength from some of the things, so that, that it might be soldiers who were of Russian origin or or ah. those who joined the anti-Haredi line that he joins or uh, just vote as a protest vote uh, with him, and that, that really changed it. And, of course, the diplomats' vote, which I don't, I don't think is that big a number, as mm. is the, the uh, soldiers, and their vote was counted last. Right, interesting. All right, speaking of elections, what do you think of the, uh, the Biden reemergence? Well, it was the last shot at stopping uh, the momentum that Bernie has, if in fact it has been stopped, and we'll see that in the next round of uh, of elections. But I think uh, the many in the Democratic Party came to realize that that Sanders was probably not electable and couldn't build a much broader coalition than the one he has, and that the the concern was the down ticket races, meaning congressional and other races, would right. suffer uh, because people either wouldn't vote or would. Once they vote against uh, a Democratic candidate, they vote down straight down the line. Um, so there were there were a lot of concerns. There still remain a lot of concerns. I mean, you could have a stalemate at a brokered convention. The difference between Biden and um, and uh, Sanders now, in terms of numbers of delegates, I think it's a hundred difference, and they're both still far away from the magic number. So we have to see how how. They both fare in the next set of elections, and can Biden show that you know that the goofs and the mistakes, misstatements, are just that, nothing else, and and uh, not a uh, something that the people that they would have to face all the time. And um, and Sanders, if he moderates some of his positions, we'll have to see that. I, I believe is unlikely because his support is really based on that. And so this is a recognition of reality, and certainly you see that Democrats, the traditional Democrats, rejoicing at the, the emergence of Biden. Uh, and, and and either way, whoever wins the nomination is going to have, I don't know if you'd call it an uphill battle, but certainly a battle against the president. I mean, uh, absolutely. And in the he's battleground so states, he's so strong in some of the battleground mm-hmm. states. And I, but the one thing you can know is that it, the debates will be very interesting <laughs> if it's Sanders or Biden versus Trump. Yeah, very entertaining, no doubt. Uh, by the way, on the coronavirus slash Israeli elections, two things. First of all, first on the election, um, I noticed, you know, usually um, the cable news channels, national news on, you know, the, the major networks, if there is such a thing anymore, they would pay a little bit of attention to the Israeli election. I mean, after all, it is the Israeli election. They know that there are a lot of people watching who are interested. It got so buried. Now, I'm wondering, is it just because it's the third time in a year or is it the foreign policy topic that you and I discussed last week, where where even the media outlets are getting the feeling that really nobody's interested in the foreign policy angle at all at the moment, and an Israeli election is no big deal. It's going to be included in the first half hour of a newscast. You're right. It got uh, minimal coverage, yeah. maybe because it is the third time, and maybe because Israel gets so much coverage generally as related to other foreign policy issues, which get a minority of the coverage, and you look at the debates, foreign yeah. policy hardly was a factor. Right. It's, this is very sad. I think it's, it's uh, and very unfortunate when you, have a, when you look at all the issues in the world today that are ongoing and, and deserve and demand um, 
all sorts of attention from us, what, what's happening in Iran, what's happening with Turkey, what's happening in, in Idlib now, and in, in, in the bombings and stuff that's taking place. We see the collapse of countries like, you know, Lebanon, the, the threats to Jordan, the the, ca- the cancellation of Juniper Cobra exercises because of the virus that America and Israel's joint annual missile defense exercise uh, is canceled. Um I mean, there's such a range of issues that that have come to the fore that, uh, good and bad, I mean, you saw Oklahoma became the 29th state to adopt anti-BDS legislation, anti-boycott legislation against Israel, even though Congress in this past week couldn't muster the votes to pass an anti-boycott legislation that Lee Zeldin, Congressman Zeldin, uh, introduced. But they did pass uh, other things, including the Never Again Holocaust Education Act. The, um, there's another legislation against uh, killer drones, the ones that have been used against Israel and others. Um, but uh, um, the the range of issues, and we haven't even talked about Iran yet. We haven't talked about what's happening in in other countries like Turkey and internally, which could have a very long-term impact, or China. Um, and and the focus is so narrow that uh, in the debates that it's uh, it's almost as, as if they're not relevant to, did, to what is going on. Did any countries express open displeasure with Netanyahu's victory, or they too basically ignored it like the rest of the world? No, I don't think anybody came out against it. Were those who expressed criticism, certainly some members of Congress and others who would. I mean, I would assume, know, I would, I would, happy, I, I, and I don't know this for a fact, but I would assume PA leadership must have made a comment against. Well, of course, yeah, but and, and we on, don't count that. And on the coronavirus thing, my my point was, um, you know, we we see that it's affecting Iran. Um, will 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 it will it matter? In terms of how Israel's dealing with Iran or how they're viewing Iran, like I mean, if there if there is an epidemic in the country, does it put and and very possibly they'll be at the feet of certain countries, not necessarily Israel, but you know they may may need help from certain countries around the world. Is it going to change the landscape of Iran and uh, and the rest of the world? So there are multiple questions there, but let's try and answer each one. The virus. Is the worst in Iran other than China. I wonder why. And because they didn't do anything to restrict people, and many people come to Qum, uh, the religious site, on pilgrimage, and they they ref- and they kiss the monuments there, and they in some cases lick it, and they, and they were begged to to by the people in Iran to close it as the uh, Saudis, for instance, closed Mecca. So you had its influx of foreigners coming in, carrying the disease in some cases, and then passing it on at at uh, the holy sites or in other ways in contact. Um, Twelve members of the parliament have died already. Have died? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Died. And two two of Khamenei's key key aides have died. Um, and now remember, Khamenei himself. As cancer and is considered certainly vulnerable by age and, and medical condition, the um, uh, the the number of dead is probably in the thousands because they 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 station militia at the hospitals to prevent doctors and nurses from giving interviews or from telling the truth about how many people really have uh, have have died or are sick or infected. At this time, 
and it's certainly much more than what they have said and, and, and admitted to, till now. I mean, it's a certain point you can't hide it because the people know w- what's happening with it. Um, and, and you see that Iran continues despite this and despite the fact that their economy is in collapse, that the, the unemployment is zooming. It's in the 30, 40 percent range that the, uh, the currency there is in, in free fall. The um, you know the exports are almost none. Their borders are all sealed, they, which has already been true for a while with Turkey, Azerbaijan, etc. Because of the outbreak and uh, the contamination, and, and then people from Iran went to other countries and the um, you know and spread it. So you you have a, a number of circumstances, and they're still trying to fill the, the Soleimani slot. And by the way, something very important came out that Soleimani said before his death that the allegation that Israel had kidnapped four Israeli diplomats, something Iran has hammered away at for decades, uh, was not true. He admitted that they knew that it wasn't true. They just used it, and an and a Arab journalist has written this up that the, the um, you know, and how the Western media also would repeat the Iranian charge. These four diplomats were taken, and there were, there were Lebanese soldiers, I think, who, who admitted that they uh, shot or knew shot them, and it was not uh, related to Israel. So th- they've also ordered Pidge to continue uh, the long, the, not to allow a long-term calm, which is why you see the periodic launching of the missiles and, and uh, explosions, and Hamas is not able to contain them. The, um, we see that the, uh, their spying activities, they, they, they compromised a, a translator working in Iraq who, who then gave, working for the Defense Department of the United States, who gave them vital information, including the names of operatives and of operations. Their name was Thompson. Um, and so you see Iran continues all of these activities, but most of all, they announced that they have tripled the enrichment of uranium. Now the IEA, finally, International Atomic Energy Agency head, uh, Rafael uh, Grossi, said that, that they're being denied access to vital sites. So it's not just the amount of enrichment, but it's also that there may be facilities that we don't know about or that they certainly haven't had access to inspect, and they're going public, and they're talking about uh, sanctions and arguing that it's time for the snapback sanctions that were supposed to come in under the JCPOA for such violations. And um, so we'll, we'll see whether the Europeans will find the strength to do this. Will they back? Uh, I'm sure U.S. will, will support it. Some sort of uh, punishment for Iran for continuing um, these vi- escalating the violations, and it means also that their their breakout time, the time that it will take for them to actually build a bomb, will be reduced greatly. Wow, unbelievable! So, have they have they instituted a quarantine system there or not in in Iran? Theoretically, there's some sort of a quarantine, but the hospitals don't have the material to treat people. I know in the northwest area there was a break outbreak. And they, they just, the hospitals have no capacity to treat people or to handle them. And you don't have internal distribution and because of their financial situation. And the United States has offered them help and stuff, but they, of course, don't want to take anything to great Satan. Yeah, but... but, but a little uh, Satan either. But how long can they hold out and not take from great and little well, Satan? Well, that's why you're having growing 
dissatisfaction at home, uh, which hopefully will have longer-term consequences. But, you know, they, they can get away with announcing that they triple the, the enriched uranium. And, the you know, we knew that these things, I've talked about it on the air so many times about how much activity is going on. And, um, and the current stockpile means that they're within reach of the amount needed to produce a nuclear weapon, and they were only supposed to have 202 kilogram, and now they're saying that they have 1,029 or 20 kilograms of uh, enriched uranium. And the people are not looking for this. The, they, the people want somebody to come in there and treat those who who have uh, who have died. Now we we know that um, that a hundred or more who are admitted to, to have been uh, have been killed but um you know they and they're sending their 300,000 Basiji militiamen to go house to house to screen residents and disinfect their homes and uh, and and Iranian doctors then complained about it because they said they're not trained and they're more likely to spread the virus than to contain it and and the the, the demand that they close come so the number of dead, we don't know, but uh, I've seen the estimates, as I said, up to 1,000 or, or more, and the number of cases certainly in the, could be up to 10,000 or more. And people are complaining about the way China's handling it? They're handling it brilliantly compared to Iran. They did, and they acted uh, in most – well, we don't know if they acted immediately because we don't know how long they really knew about it, right. but they certainly have been uh, – certainly have been efforts to move on it. Unbelievable. Um, all right. I thank you very, very much, and uh, we will speak, please God, next week. Have a happy Purim, and we uh, pray for the full and speedy recovery of all those in our community and beyond our community who are suffering from this thing at this moment. And I thank you very much for joining us, Malcolm. You're very welcome. Have a good Shabbos, and, and everybody have a Purim Sameach. You should celebrate. Oh, Malcolm, I'm, 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 I'm going to throw you on the same bandwagon. You agree with us. Uh, people should be very careful before deciding to dress up uh, in any costume that has anything to do with the coronavirus. It would be not only insensitive to people who are quarantined and suffering, it would also be something that no doubt in this social media world the world will pick up on and won't look our, make our community look too good. I think they should be careful in general about the costumes, you know, picking themes that, you know, in the past have backfired and right. created scandals or you know, even if it's not the intent – but I, I would agree with you that I think it would be highly insensitive. There are many in our community who have been uh, quarantined and who are suffering because of it and not for any fault, and they shouldn't be condemned and they shouldn't be. We should, as you said, reach out to them, make sure they have Shabbos meals and uh, meals for Pesach, for uh, Purim, Suda. Um, we'll have to see yet how this is going to impact the Pesach businesses, but, you know, I've talked to people in the travel business and others who have called us and they are suffering greatly as well. And, you know, as I said, the, the shutting down of the foreign airlines coming to Israel is a huge blow. And hotels have told me that the, I, I myself was in the airport in Washington this week, and it was empty. Wow, unbelievable. And the billions of dollars, it's, I think it's the top story in today's New York Times, the billions of dollars that the airline industry is facing in terms of losing. And obviously not everybody uses airlines because it's only a certain tens of millions who actually do but it is such an important uh it's such an important avenue for commerce and they won't recoup it everybody right. you know thinks that you know once this is over everything will go back right. it's not true you know people cancel trips 
don't make the trips up again. People who cancel the vacations or, or even business trips, I, I think it will force countries to become more self-reliant, that they're going to have to re-examine their, you know, their reliance on Chinese or other countries for uh, cheap goods or cheaper goods. It's not cheap anymore. And it, this could cause really revolutionary changes. Hopefully some of those changes will be positive. Thank you, Malcolm. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He joins us Friday mornings for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Mazel Tov to Eliyahu Yosef Newberger. His off is this uh, coming Shabbos. Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden. Spiritual Leader Emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Titzaveh. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Titzaveh contains seven mitzvos, four positive, and three restrictions. This Shabbos, has the distinction of, once again, we take out from the Oron HaKodesh two Torah, and the second Torah, we read from the last paragraph in Parshas Kiseitzei, Zohor Eisasher Solocha Amolek, to remember what Amolek did to you when you left Egypt. According to most of the authorities, the second reading of the Torah, that of Parsha Zohar, which gives the name to the Shabbos, this reading is biblical. And that's why the Shulchan Aruch says something very interesting. Small villages, if they did not always have a minion, okay, you didn't necessarily have to work on it Wednesday, Thursday, is there going to be a minion? Is there not going to be a minion? If you had a minion, then you read the Torah. If you didn't get a minion, then you did not read the Torah. Not so regarding Parshas Zohar. A person has to be proactive. Will I have a minion in my community? If there will be, fine. If not, you've got to go and spend Shabbos someplace else where there will be a minion. That's the importance thereof. And even though the Torah doesn't tell us when to fulfill this mitzvah of reading about Amalek, of being reminded how they attacked us for no reason, they didn't want our land, we were in the desert. And so they attacked us for one reason and one reason only, because we were the nation identified with God. God had showed his love and favor for us by bringing the plagues in Egypt, by splitting the sea. And now we were the representatives of God in this world, and Amalek, who is the antithesis of belief in God. The Torah says, Asher Baderach. And Rashi brings three interpretations of the word Korcha. The first one is from the word Mikra, that Amalek stands for the philosophy of chance. We say, wow, look, God split the Red Sea. 
And they say, what are you talking about? There was a strong easterly wind that night, and that's what caused the sea to split. They tried to clearly uh, find ways to reduce the belief and dedication that we had. This was Amalek then, and this is Amalek till this very day. The second opinion that Rashi gives is Lashon Keri, which comes from the source of impurity that they attempted to bring their impure philosophy into our midst. And finally, the last one is from the word Kar Vachom, cold and hot. We were hot in our commitment and our belief, and they unfortunately cooled us down. And the Torah says that when there is a obligation that we have, it's a communal mitzvah upon the Jewish people to blot out the memory of Amalek. And the question that might be asked is, who is Amalek? And this was answered by Reb Chaim Briska that any nation that has as its very essence that this is its mission statement to destroy the Jewish people, that is Amalek. So, in each and every generation, Amalek can change its ugly head. And so, what Nazi Germany was clearly the personification of Amalek. In our day, ISIS and the Iran and those whose mission statement it is to blot out the people Israel, the land of Israel, that is the modern-day Amalek. We read Parsha Zachar every year on the Shabbos before Purim because Haman, the villain in the Purim story, is called Ha'agogi, a descendant of Amalek, and we are Masmech. We put close the two, uh, the downfall of Haman in the Megillah with the uh, destruction of Amalek, which is one of the three communal mitzvos that the Jewish people were given when they entered the land of Israel, one, to appoint a king, two, to destroy Amalek, and three, to build the base Hamigdash. I'd like to just, before we have a little bit of a glimpse as to the forthcoming holiday of Purim, and to tie it in with Parshas Zachar, just be aware that this coming Monday, the 13th of Adar, is Tanis Esther, which means literally that we fast this coming Monday. Why do we fast? This is the day that when Haman drew lots, this was the day that they, our enemy, were to kill the Jewish people. V'na'afochu, 
and we were given permission, as we find in the latter part of the Megillah, and we went to war against them on this day, and we defeated 75,000 of their men, and we did not lose a soul. Now, interestingly, why are we fasting? Because the Jew fasted on the day that he went to war to demonstrate that it's not he who is winning the war for us, he and his muscle, he and his understanding and his outsmarting the enemy. No, it is God who is the victor. And it's for this reason that we find in chapter 9, when the Torah says that we defeated the enemy, and they did not literally extend their hand to take from the spoils. Wait a minute. Everybody knows that to the victor belong the spoils when you win the war. But the answer is we were not the victor. We didn't win the war. It was God who won the war. And therefore, we did not take the spoils for ourselves. Healthy, able-bodied people are to fast this fast of Tanis Esther. If one doesn't feel well, for sure, they should not fast and certainly consult your rabbi. And while we're on this, let's understand that while we are experiencing the coronavirus, the idea is that listen to the health department and listen to your Rav. Don't make a decision. Am I going to shul? Am I not going to shul? Based upon what I think is the right thing to do, discuss it with your Rav. And it's very important that we not only listen to the health officials, but that we listen to our rabbis. And this applies to going to shul this coming Shabbos, fasting this coming Monday. But most important, we dare not allow a sense of panic to set in to our lives. This is the continuation and this is the story of Purim. What is the essence of Purim? So the Rambam writes in his introduction to his monumental work, the Yad HaZaka, he writes there are 613 mitzvos, and even the rabbinic mitzvos are based upon the various psukim of the Torah. And he writes that the mitzvah of Mikra Megillah and Purim is based upon that which we find in Parshas Es Hanan, whereby the Torah says, Kimi Goy Godol, who is like this great nation, Asheloelokim Krovime Love, that has such a close relationship with God, Kashem Elokeinu, as our relationship with God, Bechol Koreinu Love. Whenever we call out to Him. Purim, my friends, according to the Rambam, is a day of tefillah. Esther says at the end of chapter 4, telling Mordechai, Lech kinos es kol gather all the Jewish people, and sumo alai, fast for me, and uvachain, with this fasting, with these prayers, I will go to the king, 
though it is against his law, the law of Achashverosh, the Chasher Ovadati, Ovadati, whenever I lose, I lose, but I will go fortified by the prayers and the unity of the Jewish people. And this is what Purim is all about. Rav Yaakov Emdin Zatzal writes in his introduction to his sitter. The sitter is called Beis Yaakov. His name was Rav Yaakov Emdin. He writes that he feels the survival of the Jewish people in the exile is even a greater miracle than that which transpired when we left Egypt and were privileged to have the splitting of the sea. The survival of the Jew. And this coming Monday night, and this coming Tuesday morning, Monday night when we read the Megillah, Tuesday morning again, there are going to be three brachos in the Ashkenazi community, the Sfardim, don't uh, recite the Shechionu again on Tuesday morning. Ashkenazic practice is. And the second bracha is the bracha we recited Hanukkah time. She'osa nisim lavosenu God performs miracles for our ancestors in those days, 2,500 years ago, Bazman so the literal translation of Basman Hazer is in this season, that it happened this time of the year as we approach springtime, as opposed to in the fall, summer, etc. But you can also interpret it by Mimahim. God performed miracles for us 2,500 years ago. Ubasman Hazer. And right now, again, the very survival of the Jew, that we are still here to tell the story, that it says in chapter 9 of Megillah's Esther, incredible. What does it say there in chapter 9? These days of Purim are niskorim, v'na'asim, are remembered and they're observed. We read the Megillah, we do the mitzvos. Bechodor v'dor. In every generation, mishpacha, mishpacha, families get together and celebrate. Medina, Medina, every country, every city. Now listen to what was written 2,500 years ago. And I ask, we who never know from what's going to happen from one day to the next, here 2,500 years ago, what do Esther Amalka and Mordechai Hayudi write? These days of Purim, lo yavru mitoch Hayudim will not cease from the Jews, v'zichram lo Yosef mizaram, and their remembrance will never pass from their descendants. We will always be observing Purim. Amazing. How could anybody have written that if not for the fact that this was written with Ruach HaKodesh, divine inspiration, and basically every year we're not just remembering the miracle and saying thank you Hashem for saving us 2,500 years ago, but we're saying thank you Hashem for that which you are doing for us right now, maintaining us, sustaining us in the exile where we still find ourselves today until we have that third base Hamigdash. And so, we find ourselves today with a great challenge. And what does the Jew do when he is challenged? Be it the challenge, call it the 
annihilation threat of Haman, be it the threats to our peoplehood today, be it the world being threatened by coronavirus, we turn to prayer. We believe in the efficacy of prayer. And we turn to prayer. And we try to make our prayers count. I urge everyone at this time, take that extra moment and pray a little bit slower. Understand what it is that you're praying. Be careful with our recitation of blessings. Think before you recite a blessing. Is it the appropriate blessing? What do the words mean? There is an after-blessing. What is the appropriate after-blessing? Say it with a sense of deep gratitude to Hashem. When we want and we need His bracha, we have to give bracha, give thanks for so much that we do have. And this, I believe, is the story of Purim, the survival of our peoplehood, for which we are so grateful, and the, the lesson that by praying and by being unified, we can accomplish nothing less than the miraculous. Shabbat Shalom to all.
with Yaakov Shweki and Mimkomcha. You heard Achashverosh before that. Schlockrock commemorating the upcoming holiday. Monday night, we'll read about Achashverosh with Megillah Esther as the holiday of Purim starts on Monday night. Tanis Esther is Monday, the fast of Esther. We are here, of course, at JM the Make sure to join us. Matis has JM Sunday this coming Sunday between 7 and 9 a.m. Eastern time. Make sure to join him. And, of course, Avrami with Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night. Mark Zamek with the Arab Shabbos Show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That comes up at 10 o'clock this morning. Right after Table for Two with Naomi Nachman. It's Erev Shabbos with candle lighting at 533 in New York. Our hearts and wishes and thoughts with those who are quarantined and certainly with those who have tested positive for coronavirus around the world. Uh, wishing and hoping and praying for a full and speedy recovery for everybody very, very, very soon. Uh, good luck to the Yeshiva University Maccabees. The men's basketball team play at 1 o'clock today uh, down in Maryland in a game that has... Uh, certainly gotten a lot of high-profile attention uh, once they were not allowed in their hotel that they had reserved down in Baltimore. They switched to a different hotel, and as I said, Coach Elliott Steinmetz handled the interview that I heard unbelievably well in terms of that whole episode. And then overnight, they were told that uh, there'll be no fans allowed in Johns Hopkins for any of the three games, uh, the Yeshiva game today, the other game tonight, and the uh, possible Yeshiva game tomorrow night. Uh, no fans would be allowed at the game because of uh, coronavirus being found in Maryland. So um, with all that, we still wish, of course, the best of luck to the Yeshiva University men's basketball team as they go for their 28th consecutive victory tonight, or this afternoon, game one of the NCAA Division Three tournament. JM and the AM, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by A&H, Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage in Delhi is the world's best Serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Abel's and Hyman, your family will be glad when you bring home some delicious A&H. That's for sure. JM in the AM and a uh, reminder that Rabbi uh, Pesach Krohn is going to be visiting us this coming Thursday at the Magid's Seder is out. At the Magid's Seder is now available uh, go to uh, artscroll.com. Go to artscroll.com. Use promo code radio to save 15%. Or by Crohn's brand new book at the Magid Seder. Again, go to artscroll.com. Use promo code radio and save, save, save. In this case, 15%. Artscroll.com. Check it out and enjoy. Or by Crohn will be here Thursday at JM in the AM. Shalom at Gambesim Hautala 
Lomo Katz here at JM in the AM. By the way, uh, I would be remiss if I did not wish a Mazal Tov to those who are finishing Meseches Brochos tomorrow. Uh, Meseches Brochos uh, ends tomorrow. The Siyam on Meseches Brochos is officially tomorrow. Uh, those who are studying Dafyomi. And uh, the um, uh, the and, and Meseches Shabbos begins on Sunday. Meseches Shabbos begins on Sunday. So those especially... The first-timers, those who had never pursued Dafyomi before, if you've made it to your first see, a mazal tov to you. Amazing accomplishment, to say the least. And I hope Shabbos goes as smoothly as Brachos went. Uh, but again, the see on Brachos is tomorrow, so mazal tov to everybody. And the uh, start of Masechah Shabbos is this coming Sunday in Dafyomi. Yeah, time does fly, that's for sure. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM in the AM. Waiting.
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing day and an amazing week for us at JM and the AM. Thanks so much for tuning in. Naomi Nachman next with Table for Two. Erev Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem coming up at 10 a.m. Erev Shabbos Music Mix brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem starting at 1 o'clock. Harry Rothenberg's video blog for Parshas Hitzava and Shabbos Zohar coming up at 1. And uh, tomorrow night, Saturday night, Sigal with Avrami. Matas has JM Sunday on Sunday at uh, 7 a.m. Eastern Time. And we're back Monday morning, Tanis Esther starting at 6 a.m. Make sure to tune in and join us. 
wishing well to all those who are uh, quarantined and all those who are suffering with coronavirus. A speedy, speedy recovery to all. And good luck to these University Maccabees. Keep making us proud as they play at 1 o'clock today in the NCAA tournament. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend. A wonderful Shabbos, Zohar. Till Monday, Nachum Sigal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.